You are listening to NTC Messina's podcast, where our desire as the family of God is to simply know God, love one another, and make disciples. Thanks, Sherry. Now give me a runny nose before we get up here. Don wanted me to say hi, so I'm going to say hi. Hi. <laughs> I've got lots of friendly faces, lots of new faces out there, and that's a good thing. Um, I just want to share something really quick. I know there's been a lot, you know, there's a lot to celebrate and there's things to mourn right now, but um, the Lord showed me during worship, we were talking about, um, you know, the things that he's done and things he can do. Our journey in God, I mean, it's been, we're, we're old, so it's been a long journey, you know, so far about 40 years. And um, I think of it, it hasn't been a stroll in the park. Okay, people talk about, you know, you have a journey with God. Ours has been climbing a mountain, okay? And if any of you are hikers, you know, uh, I don't, I'm not a hiker, okay? You, you enjoy, I know you, you guys, I don't enjoy hiking, okay? It's work. It hurts. I hurt when I hike. And especially when I go with the mountain goat here. <laughs> Shh, don't tell my secrets. Yes, I say things that are not nice <laughs> to him. And, and that's been our journey in God, too. I mean, it starts out at Lion Mountain, where we live. He's taken me up this mountain before. And it's all switchbacks. It's not like straight up. You can go these switchbacks. And at first, it's easy. It's fun, right? Our journey has been really fun at first. It was fun. And then it started getting a little harder. You know, and then there's rocks in the way, and there's, it's hard. It's hard going sometimes. Um, and I find that sometimes I'm happy in the journey, and sometimes I'm really angry, you know, like, this isn't supposed to be this hard. You didn't tell me it was going to be this hard. And then I say, I get mad, but then I get over it because you go around the corner and, oh, back to even. You know, it's like our journey has been one that has had a lot of uh, hard times and good times. But the thing that keeps you going in the hard times is each other. That's when we need to encourage one another. It's not always going to be this hard. Um, and God is able to help you, give you the grace to keep going. And... Um, Part of it, and then I, I realized, I mean, we've been on a journey with a lot of you through some hard times and through some good times and fun times as we have been on this journey up our mountainside. Um, and what was I going to say? See, this is what happens when you get old. <laughs> it was really good, too. I'm telling you, it was good. But it was, um, I was just thinking, sometimes you need to turn around and look at where you've been and how far you've come and look at the view from where you're at. And um, that helps encourage you to keep going. It helps encourage you to keep going. Sometimes we need that reminder of what he's done for us in our lives, the blessing that he's given us. Um, our daughter, Megan, who you all know probably but she just had she had a baby 10 months ago and he has been such a blessing to us and she was told she would not have children 
she wouldn't be able to carry a baby because of she has hip dysplasia, but she probably wouldn't even be able to conceive. And he's he's here. So I mean, he's here. And such a such a, a blessing to our family. And we just had another grandchild, our son Nathan just had a baby girl. So I got a baby girl too. We've got two baby two three grandchildren in the last three years. Another blessing from the Lord I can look at and thank God for. So, I mean, we're still climbing. We're, we're, well, he's, I'm slower than I used to be. He's not. So it's hard to keep up with him, but we're still climbing and there's still views and visas that the Lord has for us that we haven't seen yet. And I know it's the same for you. So just keep climbing. Sometimes it's all you can do to keep one foot in front of the other and and it's hard but that's when we need to encourage one another and try not to swear at each other um i try hard <laughs> i try um, but sometimes you just need that encouragement to just keep going because around the corner it it's going to be okay you just you're going to see something different around the corner and i just wanted to encourage you with that this morning thanks Definitely my better two-thirds. Um, and Sherry, the last time, I didn't, I don't remember you needing reading glasses to look at the notes, but okay. Things have changed a little bit. Things change. <laughs> anyway, I told her I get the, the mic last, so be careful. And she was careful, so I'm only going to say that. <laughs> anyway, it's kind of great to be, to have more than one home, isn't it? I mean, Jesus said, well, well Peter, actually, you know, Peter had a big mouth. And he was always getting in trouble, but he, always, he often said the right things. But one time he said, you know, we have left, what about us? We've left family, we've left our, our jobs, we've left, you know, our fishing careers, we've left our, our wives and children, we've left everything to follow you. And he said, and he, Jesus said that you'll have that in spades in this life, and in the life to come, you'll have more. And so he's talking about you'll have more family. So the, the thing is, if you, if you choose to follow Jesus, your family only gets larger. And, um, so we, and you have more homes. He said you'll be welcomed into other people's homes. And so think about, um, you know, one of the themes I want to share this morning and going from a garden to city is that we're going from, you know, it was Adam and Eve and initially in the garden, as you all know, in Genesis. But by revelation, it's full of people. And Luke 14 says it's, it's, not, it's, it's God's heart that his house be full. God wants a lot of people in his city. And so the, the conclusion of the whole book, chapters 21 and 22 of Revelation, is that there's a city of God that he himself is the light of the city. And there's no more tears there. Everything's, the, the past, like the view from that point is incredible. That's one of the reasons why I do like mountain climbing. Though it's difficult, every once in a while you, you turn around and say, whoa, we've come a long way. It's important to reflect, to look back at where you've come from. And, and so in heaven, we get to look back and be in a city that God fills himself, fills us with light, fills the whole city with light. And we look back at, you know, where, where he's brought us from. And so that, that's amazing. And so, you know, this morning I wanted to give a little bit of update. God bless you because I have a hard stop. So I'm speaking in... Augsburg in a little bit, like 15 minutes, I got to go here. But so how do you put three hours and 15 minutes? I don't know. But all you people who know me know I try. Um, don't laugh too much at that. Uh, 
But I want to give a, a brief update. You know, I was, we were here in, in March with, um, you know, with, with the uh, John 17 unity gathering and, you know, the longest prayer Jesus prayed. You know, who in the Bible are you sure will have their prayers answered? Of all the people in the Bible, who do you think has the greatest chance of having their prayers answered? You know, like in children's church, the answer is always Jesus. Jesus. And so his longest prayer on the eve of his betrayal and arrest was that the whole world would believe on him that he was sent by the Father. Because he came to give his life for humanity. Every nation, every kindred, every tribe, every tongue, every people group. But the, way, the only way that can happen, he says in his prayer, is if his followers become one. And that's a huge, if I didn't read it in the Bible, I would not believe it. Christians sometimes are the meanest people on earth. We fight over the smallest things, the most insignificant things. 38,000 denominations and counting tells you how divided and fractured we are. And so, I don't know where you're at in your personal journey with Jesus, but some portion of your life should be coming under Christ's last and longest prayer. Some portion of your life. If we're not doing that, we're saying we don't want the world to believe. Hello? I didn't mean to hit you this morning, but... So in, in light of that nice thought <laughs> that his church will come together, whether we're a part of it or not, he prayed it, it's going to happen. And it's not going to look like anything we've ever seen because organizations are corrupt. If I said a million times from this place, organizations, denominations are not going to come together. Hearts are going to come together within denominations and organizations. That's why we have the privilege, um, go, we're going again in October. Francis, Pope Francis said, would you come back? We were there on November 4th of last year. I was there anyway. Uh, just a few people with three hours with Pope Francis in his home. And um, amazing conversations about how he is in his own personal world, his own, you know, the world doesn't get to see the people that we get to see. Um, you hear all kinds of, of news clips and, and sound bites and all this stuff. And most of it's not even true. But anyway, um, his heart, as he said to us, two things, 2016, the first time we met, is to put Jesus back in the center of the church because the church took him out. It's a big thought. And to destroy clericalism. That men get between God and, and, and humanity. That's a tall order. And he's systematically been working on that um, since we've known him. And so we're just... Continuing to move in that vein, well, one of the churches that we walk with is in is uh, in New York City, in Manhattan. Great church called Good Shepherd New York, uh, overseen by Michael Regina and his wife Kindy, and um, they have an amazing church there. And last week I was looking at, or two weeks ago, I was looking at their um, their online service, their digital service, and they had they have a unique music group, um, very diverse, and they played a song about I'm going to a city. And I thought, that would be a great song. Just for you, first of all, see another church that's not like us, that's a part of John 17. He'll be with us in Rome in, in October, Kendi and, and, and Michael Regina. And um, I want you to hear, and if your foot starts to tap, it's okay. If you want to get up and jig a little bit, it's all right. You can do what you want. But I think, so make sure the sound is on when you hit this thing because it's going to be good. It's only four minutes long, but I want you to see their, their group.
walking through the darkness Walking through the valley I get tired and I get lonely It's hard to keep on believing That I'm walking to a city I cannot see walk into a city we can't see. And that's the challenge, that we can't see the city, but God has emphatically stated in his word that our destination is a city. So I want to read some verses this morning because I really, really want to jump into this. Um, I want to go to Hebrews chapter 11. I think I gave the verses to you guys. And I want to start from there um, because uh, I think it's important that we understand the destination 
Like, you, no one leaves home in their car heading to Florida and up in Wisconsin. I mean, you, you, get your, you get your Google Maps, your phone out, and you're looking, you know exactly where you're going. Oftentimes, you'll see, you know, expect delays. <laughs> there are problems when you travel. Um, things happen, but we know where we're going. Do you know where you're going? And I tell people, if you don't like people now, you're not going to like heaven. <laughs> you better change. Because the new commandment that Jesus gave us was new. That's first of all, revelation. People often, you know, we often quote, which is rightfully so, that from in Matthew 22, where Jesus quotes Deuteronomy and Leviticus, where he said, when that lawyer asked him, you know, uh, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus said, quoting Deuteronomy, because the word quotes the word, he said, um, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, comma, because it's one commandment, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that's a hard thing to do. But Jesus ups it. He does the emerald thing that you used to do on a cookie, food network. Bam! He said, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm upping this. I'm giving a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. So did God love you in your mess? I mean, profoundly so. He says, that's how we are to love one another. That's the only way the world's going to believe. They have to see love. He even said it in John 13 and 15. When they see our love for one another, then they might believe. And ask us about Jesus. So we're going to a city. Give me joy. <laughs> give me love. Give me joy. Give me peace. Because this journey's hard. Right? I'm in the wrong church maybe. I don't know. Uh, Okay, I want to read Hebrews, um, please help me, Jesus. Hebrews, uh, verse 8 through 16, verse 8 through 16. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about Abraham. You've been hearing about him in this journey. He's a father of us all, Galatians says. He's the father of faith. He teaches what faith is. That faith is, is, is not going by what you see, but what you, by what you see with your eyes of your heart, not by what you see in the natural. So he says in verse, it says in verse 8, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a, to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. That would be a challenge. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him, of the same promise. The promise isn't for us, it's for our children and our children's children and our children's children's children. That's, what, that's how the Father works. It's always multi-generational. And so they dwell in tents. He didn't build a house. He didn't put roots down. Even in your journey, you have to be permanently portable. Ready to move out where God wants you to. How the heck did we end up in Plastonbury after being here for 32 years? Well, 35, actually, we sold our house after 32 years. Because God says, <coughs> time, you know, um, it's time to go. And I want to be like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob to move forward for the inheritance. Because it's not physical, it's spiritual. The inheritance we have, you know, we're talking on the way here. Mary says, you know, how, what, how does what we do make a difference? Now, some people write a book. And then it outlives them. The book, if it was a good one anyway, it outlives them. And we have children who outlive us. And I, my, of course, my first response is people. 
That we're, we spend time with people so that somehow that who you are in following Christ goes into them and that lives on. You can't kill that seed. That seed's eternal. And so because it's important that when we talk about a city and getting there, that what gets us there is, joy, is love, joy, and peace in the hard times. So in verse 10 it says, for Abraham waited... It doesn't mean he just sat down and said, okay, God, show up here. It, it, it literally means expectantly look forward in order to receive. Part of the word of waiting is the actual lambano, like to the Greek word receiving. He was receiving the city before he even saw it. And he never did see it. But I think he saw us. He saw the seed. He waited. He expectantly was looking and receiving a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when it was past when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, what a compliment that was, was born as many. As the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. From one guy just being obedient to say, okay, because this promise wasn't fulfilled until he left home. And I'm hoping this morning that I have I've come, as you, the old saying, to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comforted. Like, if you're not moving, I want to kick you in the pants. Hard. Because blessed is the man, it says in Psalm 84, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. God blesses people who are, will not remain stuck. And we, we, we live in snow country. We don't know what it's like to get stuck. And in the kingdom sometimes it feels like everything's slippery, but he wants us to move. Sometimes you have to lift up the rim of your car and put on something solid to go forward. But you've got to be willing to move. He blesses motion. I look around the building, there's change. Change is good. He blesses motion when you're moving forward. He just can't help but do it. So because Abraham moved, the promise happened. Some people think he got the promise before he moved. Uh-uh. He's a man of faith. He's, he's leading us in faith. All these descendants, can you imagine the, the welcome party in heaven? Yoo-hoo, Abe. Woo! Man. Was it hard? Yeah, it was hard. I couldn't. I just trusted him, though. I, I believed the promise. Despite what I could see with my life. Our lives are most often, I would say, contradictory to promise. Unless you're some super Christian. I don't know. Maybe you are. Maybe I'm in the wrong place. It's hard, often. And I can't base my journey on what I've experienced or what I see. I have to base it upon what he promised. There's a city. I can't see it, but I know it's there. It says, these all died in faith, not having received the promise. Thank you, Jesus, for our forefathers. But having, this is what I want to land on, and just I'll end with this. But having seen them afar off. In the kingdom, you'll never receive a promise you can't see. 
And I don't mean with your eyes. I mean with the eyes of your heart. With the eyes, he promises you a prophetic dream or prophetic insight or somebody prophesies over you or, you, or a word comes alive to your heart, what he wants to do for your children or, or healing. He speaks something and you see it with the eyes of your heart. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians, we, we walk by faith and not by sight. This gets discouraging. I love that song because he goes, it's hard, it's lonely, I get tired of believing. Give me love, give me joy, give me peace. You know, that's, that's reality. So I walk into a city I cannot see. So I'm, I'm on a challenge this morning to, to ask the Holy Spirit, open your eyes anew to his purpose for your life and for this church and for this region. Okay, it's, it's homework, sorry. You're supposed to get homework in church. I, I love, you know, I love, jo- I love the story of Joshua because he had to take over from, you know, Mo. How do you follow Moses, who's, been, who's on the mountain? He got the Ten Commandments, like twice he got them because he got angry the first time and broke them. Um, it's hopeful people get angry, you know that. Uh, anyway, so, but Joshua, when he finally gets to the city, or to the river of Jordan, they cross it, you know, miraculously cross the Jordan. They go across the Jordan. He sees this walled in the city, and God says, in, in, in Joshua 6, see? Yeah, yeah, I can see. I have given you the city. Excuse me? See? He, he was challenging Joshua. See, I have given you the city. And Joshua was like, whoa, what is going on here? You know, but he had to, he had to bow. He had to put his put his knees on the ground and, and honor the angel of the Lord who was standing there before him. God was challenging him to see. Now, the strategy to take the city was weird. Goofy. Yeah, you're going to walk around, you know, six days and seven, they're going to walk seven times. And you're going to shout like crazy people. And all the walls are going to fall down. Yeah, right. But see, he was, but it started with C. I don't know what, I, I can almost guarantee everyone in this room has had a C moment and somehow filters have come down. Rationale, circumstances, you can't believe what I've gone through, sickness. But the C, the, the vision that God put in there is still there. I want to challenge you this morning. The end is not written. It's just not written. And there's a destiny upon this church and this region to impact the world. Why else would two little hobbits be going to Rome? Like my wife, we have, we have no business being there. Yet the last time we were there, they, they had me speak. Like, what? And, um, and I did this. You know, I was, and Francis was tired. He woke up. And, and, um, and I was sharing about testimonies from this area. What he's doing in this area. He wanted to hear it. Hello? See? See? I've given you the city. Well, wait a minute. There's a lot of ugly, mean people in there who eat their young. Like, I don't want to go in that city. I've given it to you. I'll take care of the problems in that city. Okay, somebody believes me, I think. Number two, it says, it says, and they were assured of them. Assured of what they saw. Just means being persuaded to believe by the word. You're persuaded to believe by the word. You see then you're assured of them. It's a process. Then it says, number, number three, I love this. It says they embraced them. They, they pulled, it literally means to receive by drawing near to yourself. So if you see something, 
and you leave it out there, it ain't going to happen. Now, I've been around this doing this a long time. That's, I mean, um, and the thing about the Holy Spirit is that there are, there are routes or paths that we see as detours, that we see as contradictory, but when we get to the end of that path, we realize, whoa, we couldn't have got here any other way. I've, it's happened so many times for us that I, I, I actually, I'm embracing now. I want to embrace the things that I saw in 79 of this region on fire with the gospel. And you, and you can go to any church you want to because they're all preaching the same thing. Jesus. The whole region was swept up in this move of, of one heart, one mind, one spirit toward Jesus. Can you embrace them? You know what? It's like Abraham. He, was, he embraced it. You don't have to. And the fourth thing is that he confessed it. He finally got it out of his mouth. Tell somebody what God's done for you. Tell somebody what he assured you of way back when or maybe yesterday. But confess it. And just confession, as you know, it means homologia. It means you're, just, it, you're agreeing with what God has spoken already. You're agreeing inside with what he's already told you. Somehow confession is a part of, of, of receiving. I don't understand it physically but, or metaphysically, but it's, it's, it's a part of the package. Don't clam up. Whether we're a part of it or not, it's going to happen. <laughs> what, don't you want to be with the party? Uh, I do. See. Be persuaded by the word. Reinforce the word, the Holy Spirit in your life. Embrace it. And then confess. Somehow it's part of what we're supposed to do. And I got to wrap up. They confessed they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Like, my destiny is not here. There's a city that I'm walking toward. And I'm going to get there by the grace of God. Give me love. Give me joy. Give me peace. We're your children to make this journey. For they... For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek what? A homeland. They're looking for home because actually you weren't made for here. I love C.S. Lewis. You've all probably heard this. But one of his more famous quotes, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we are made for another world. And that's the city of God. I'm almost done. Verse 15. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to go back. In other words, God's saying, you're not a prisoner here. It's your own volition. I mean, you don't, you don't have to stay with going to the city I built for you, who has foundations, never be shaken. They could have, they could have gone back. They, they, you have, we have opportunity, but now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them. Maybe the worship team can come on up. They're already up here. Look at that. See, they're prophetic. Um, they know the time. Ding, ding, ding. Um, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared. He's prepared. He's prepared. He's prepared a city. Um, I, I love the word 
That's, that same was in Ephesians 2.10, same exact uh, Greek word. It literally means when, when you know, when, uh, like when a president or an emperor or a king or whatever magistrate comes into a city, when, they, when they're going to arrive, the homeland paves parts of the road. They take all the debris, all the brush, everything out of the way in ancient times. Now they have, you know, they have motorcades. They, they take everything out. They block the roads. He, when it says, I prepared a way for you, it means he took every obstacle that could permanently disable you out of the road. Like, he's gone before us so that we will arrive at the city of our destination. Can we stand this morning? He did that. He's prepared for us a city. I know we've got to get up tomorrow morning and go to work. I'm telling you something. This is more real than your job. Because everybody, everybody in this room is going to someday regret if you didn't see. If you, if you weren't persuaded. Why God, why did I embrace? Why did I embrace it, God? You, I know, I know from your word is true. I know that you're true, Lord Jesus. And the, at the end of the day, whatever we have planned for ourselves does not compare to what he has planned for us. Your lives are going to make a difference in this world. Can we leave this place? The only thing we take with us are our friendships. Nothing else. Build a lot of them. Get used to city life. Get used to loving people the way he has loved you. Then the world will actually believe that Jesus was sent by the Father. And we will have one heck of a celebration in heaven. It will be a holy hoot for a long time. This is great. That's even better. Can I pray for you? I really want to, those, those four realities of seeing and being, pers being persuaded, embracing, you know, and just going the distance with God. Lord, I ask this morning that wherever any of us are at in our journey, That, Lord, you'll rekindle what we know in our, our heart of hearts to be true. A lot of pain has happened in the journey. A lot of disappointments. Some from others, some from our own choices. Father, today we stand and we, we, wanna, we want to be persuaded again anew. Today, Lord Jesus, that we're going. It started in a garden, but it's ending in a city. And if you have your way, Lord Jesus, that the whole world might believe that you were sent by the Father. Help us represent your heart in this region. Help us embrace the promise. And help us move forward, God, into all that you have. Lord, bless NTC Messina. Bless the elders, the staff, Lord, all the ministry teams, the children's church workers, God, the small group leaders, the small group ministry, Lord Jesus, the missions ministry, God. Bless momentum about to start in a few days, God. We ask your blessing and your favor. As it says in Psalm 84, I just prophesy over them, blessed is the church whose heart is set on pilgrimage. NTC Messina, that's where your heart is, and you're going to receive the blessing of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to NTC Messina's podcast. We hope you join us next week and have a blessed day.